0: meeting is being recorded. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and I'm joined today by James Altena. Great to have you on the show, James. Hi, Will. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful. So we've got a, a, a really interesting one today. We're, we're going to be covering uh, energy efficiency. Uh, James is a landlord and owns a uh, energy efficiency uh, uh, consultancy business. Uh, he's based in London, has a Has a uh, long-term residential portfolio. Um, And we're actually going to delve back into history. And it starts with a love story and going to the movies, which is quite an odd thing to do uh, when you're talking about uh, energy efficiency. But uh, James, um, before we go too much further, if someone wanted to look you up Uh, where's the best place to do that what what uh what's the website url it's uh jtannerproperties.co.uk and
1: also they could look at my linkedin profile they put james lee tanner they can read about me there too
0: oh fantastic okay so um you uh you you, I presume you fell in love before you went to the movies, um, and <laughs> let, let's let's start there.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I did. I did fall in love before I went to the movies. Yes, twenty-one years ago, on sight, love at first sight. Yes, it was.
0: Okay, so, so James um, James is uh, married to a a Colombian uh, psychologist.
1: Yes, that's right. Yes, she's got th- three degrees in psychology. Yes. <laughs>
0: And, and one day you went to the movies and, and the world changed as far as you, you, you both viewed it. Yes, that's right. Yes.
1: We, we went to see a film um, called The Age of Stupid and with Peter Postlethwaite. And um, it was about 15 years ago. And um, the film was really looking at what the world might look like in 2050 with the impact of global warming. And he really painted quite a stark picture in that film. And that was really an eye opener for us into this whole issue around uh, global warming and climate change. That's how we started getting into it and researching and studying it and learning a lot more about it. And my wife decided that uh, she wanted to start running some environmental education workshops for uh, 7 to 11-year-old children. And uh, we put together this, this workshop um, and we sat on the floor in schools and we delivered it to 5,000 kids going back 11 years.
0: Okay, well, and, and um, that, that obviously, um, you started to get interactions um, with how people thought about uh, stuff. And you, your conclusion was that uh, people are uh, have their, their own interests basically?
1: Well, I think really um, the main issue, really, the big elephant in the room around this subject is there's not really enough understanding of what is global warming and what the impact is and how we're all contributing to it. So I think if people understood more, that's that's why we did the workshops in the first place. And um, if people understood a bit more about why it was important, why we all need to live a bit more sustainably and, and what we can do about it on an on individual level, um, I think uh, that would be very, very beneficial.
0: And, and so, something uh, very early on emerged that um, spurred you to um, start doing this in a practical way um, with your, your own property.
1: Yes, that's right. Well, after we looked into all this uh, in a lot of detail about how people can live uh, sustainably, it covers lots of different areas, transport, uh, home, um, travelling, lots of different areas, uh, diet. Uh, So one of the areas was home. So that was something that we looked into very carefully about how people can live sustainably at home. And we then decided that uh, we would um, make our home um, future-proof and as energy efficient as we, as we possibly can. And also we wanted to, which we did and we still do, we wanted to open it up to the public and give them tours to explain to people all the different measures that we did. And it's not really that complicated. And that um, depending on what people want to do, there are certain elements that you know, a lot of people could be doing.
0: But very good and 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 so what 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 were uh like what was the basis of where, where did you go for research and ideas in terms of specifications
1: uh, well we're members of an organization called the center for alternative technology and they're based in north wales and uh, they are one of the leaders in um, environmental and sustainability education in the uk and europe So we got some information from there, and um, we also had a a, one of the, they run these uh, graduates, architecture graduate courses. Um, And we got somebody who was uh, was a graduate from there in architecture to give us some advice and guide us on what we needed to do to make our home as energy efficient as possible.
0: Very good. And, and what, what did that actually look like in practical terms? So uh, what we did was um, we
1: insulated under the ground. So, so
0: just describe what, what the house uh, was and, and what oh, changed. So yes, so it was an Edwardian
1: 19th century house, um, single glazed sash windows. Um, it was quite cold, um, quite breezy. Um, it had an energy, it had an EPC of F. And, um, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to make the house as energy efficient as we possibly could. And at the same time, restore the original Edwardian features. So that was, that was the plan, the brief. And what we did was we insulated under the ground floor because a lot of drafts come from underneath the house. We insulated, um, walls that face the street and the garden it's it's a terraced house we have houses on either side of us Um, we replaced the windows for double glazed windows but the double glazed windows look exactly the same design as the original single glazed windows and we also draft proofed around the windows to make them completely airtight We also insulated the loft and the roof. And when you insulate a property, what what you're actually doing is you're you're keeping in the heat, but you're also keeping in the moisture and the condensation. So we installed these passive air vents, two on each floor of the house, one at the front and one at the back, um, to let all that um, moisture out, but it stops the cold air coming in. And also in the bathrooms, we installed humidistats, which are, have sensors in them. And if they sense, if they detect any steam in the bathrooms, it'll just suck it all out uh, outside the house. We also installed a very energy efficient boiler and with a very good uh, timer controls for heating and for hot water. So when you when you have like we had an uh, we have this insulated house, you only you only need the heating on in December for about an hour, and it stays warm the whole day. So we we, we really uh, was very very careful about the amount of time we had the heating on, and the hot water we only had on for an hour or two in the morning.
0: Okay, okay, uh, that, that's a uh, substantial difference from the average uh, heating bill.
1: Yes, yes. And, our heat, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go on. No, our heating bill went from two, down from £2,500 to £900 a year for a five bedroom, four bathroom say, house.
0: Say those figures again, please, James.
1: Uh, from 2500 to £900 a year for a five bedroom, four bathroom house.
0: Wow, well, not to be sneezed at. And, and that obviously, um, you know, proportionally continues on for a number of years, presumably.
1: Yes, and also we installed uh, solar PV panels. So uh, we used all the kitchen appliances when it was light outside. So the washing machine, the dryer, um, anything we could.
0: So we, we, we had free electricity. Okay, that, that's, uh, that, that's brilliant. So um, h- how long did this process take bearing in mind that you were creating the specification um, as you uh as you were going well the
1: thing is you see um it's a good question because a lot of people ask me the same question we were actually we just bought this house and we it hadn't been uh, decorated or renovated for at least 25 years so we were planning to renovate it anyway and strip it back so the whole process of stripping back and renovating the house and the energy efficiency works was a year
0: Okay, so, so a, 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 year, uh, a year in the making. What, what was the, uh, the cost of this uh, pro- project as a whole? Uh,
1: the whole thing was £150,000, including the renovation of the house, changing the kitchen, the bathrooms, sanding the flooring, going back to the bricks.
0: Everything. And uh, approximately how many square meters um, uh, was this?
1: Uh, the house is two, it's 225
0: square meters. Okay. And, uh, and your, uh, you know, when it finished, how did you feel? Sorry? When it finished, how did you feel?
1: We were absolutely over the moon. We were over the moon. We were very excited, very delighted. And, um, not only was it very comfortable to live in, but we were really looking forward to opening our house up to, house up to the public and giving these tours on a regular basis, which we still do, uh, to, to share with other people you know, the sort of things that they could think about in their homes.
0: OK, and that, that's, a, um, that, that's an aspect. What, what sort of people come uh, to, to look at the, the house and get ideas?
1: Well, we don't really know um, much about their background. Um, In London, they have this, it's called Historic Open Homes Weekend um, in the autumn. And it's sort of linked to that. that. So uh, I'm not really sure. We don't don't ask people too much about their background. Um, And we've been doing this for, uh, this is going to be our ninth year. And one thing we started doing after three or four years of doing this um, we started to, before we gave the tour to people, we just uh, started to explain to them just very, very briefly for a few minutes about global warming and why we decided to make, why we decided to future-proof our house. And when we did that, we, we found we had 10 times more interest and buy-in from the uh, people on the tour.
0: Wow. And why do you think that is? Because they understood that housing
1: is the cause of 20% of um, global warming, and it's in our hands to do something about it.
0: Right. So a a fifth of global warming is caused by housing? Well, buildings,
1: buildings, buildings, which includes housing. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, a significant portion of buildings are housing. So, uh, okay. And and what... um, uh, you you continue to build the portfolio. You're um you you're in the uh, double digits of numbers of properties. That the bulk of those are uh, in North London. Is that that correct? Yes, yes. They're all in North London. All in North London. Right. And, and you might you might just briefly talk about um, what what the portfolio is uh, and, and how you're you're operating operating it, what, what, what types of properties, just to give a flavour, uh, I think it's quite relevant. And also uh, ha- how you've, you've begun uh, taking uh, similar measures in a, in a portion of the portfolio, your yes, own portfolio.
1: We had uh, one of the properties, it was, it was a house that had been in our family for uh, 80 years. And it was split into 2,000 uh, square foot flats, two quite large flats. And what we decided to do was um, to knock them down and build six small flats and make them energy efficient. So that was the development work that we did uh, about uh, 12 years ago. We did that. So we knocked, knocked those two down and made six small ones. And then um, I set up a, a, family, a family business, a family landlord business, and we bought um, a building in North London that was where... Pay for the utilities as part of the rent. Studio flats and another building that's two bed a block of two bedroom flats and our eco
0: house. Okay, very good. And um, and at some point you you thought uh, there's got to be other ways of sharing this a bit wider. Yes. Well, having made the eco house
1: and having implemented some energy efficiency measures in that development which i've just mentioned um we thought it'd be quite a good idea to set up a, a landlord service it's really because we are landlords landlord to landlord service really about what landlords can do um to improve energy efficiency um either if it's just to improve their epc to get to C to meet the future epc uh, government requirements or if it's a landlord uh, where the landlord pays the utility bills, like an HMO landlord or a uh, short-term let landlord. Um, So yes, we decided to set the service up last year to try and give some, some guidance and tips to landlords. And our starting point is always the no cost and low cost measures. So what can they do that's no cost and low cost first? And then in the medium term, think about some of the slightly more major things that they could be doing, which which I've mentioned today, like in our, that we did in our eco house.
0: Very good, and and, and the uh, your your portfolio as a whole. Um, uh, could you describe uh, like the, the positive effects of uh, I, I suppose taking this uh, what I describe as a fresh approach. Um, with, you know, a, a wider perspective? What what, what what are the upsides being uh, from your perspective as a landlord? Uh,
1: well, um, as time has gone on, uh, and with the cost of living crisis, uh, there is increasing demand from tenants for energy efficient properties. Um, as each year goes by, there's more and more tenants who are interested in that. So that's certainly been uh, an important factor. And we actually also, um, we give uh, a list of 10 tips that the tenants can do themselves, little things that cost nothing in the property uh, to reduce their bills even further, which they really like and really appreciate.
0: Okay, very very good. And uh, just describe uh, like, like the point you started um sharing this a little bit wider and and, and indeed you know it's uh morphing into a uh or or has morphed into a separate business around the consultancies
1: yes yes so um it because um there's a government uh, proposed regulation that uh, if you want to rent out your residential property you have to have an epcfc by 2028, um, I think there's about 4 million landlord properties in the UK and I think about half are below sea. So uh, there's quite a lot of interest in, from landlords to actually get to sea. And um, it's quite an interesting point really because there's been a lot of media about this uh, talking about how expensive that's going to be £5,000, £10,000, £20,000, lots of different numbers, but lots and lots and lots of media about this. And um, it's actually one of the reasons why landlords are selling, exiting the sector, particularly if you're a landlord with a property in the north of England, um, which was relatively inexpensive to buy in the first place. And the thought of having to spend 10,000 pounds to get it to C's doesn't really make much financial sense. But actually, if you look into this in a bit further detail, the average EPC in the UK is 60 points and a D. And so to get to C, you need to get to 69. And it usually doesn't cost anything like five or 10,000 pounds to go from 60 to 69 points. And in fact, um, we've done this for about a dozen landlords in the last few months. Um, EPCs are done every 10 years. And sometimes what we found is over the last 10 years, the landlord's actually done some energy efficiency measures in their property already. Like, for example, the most common one is they've changed the boiler. Or it might be they've added some insulation into the property. So when we go to have a look at this, if they were already had an EPC of around 65 or 66 or even 67, if they've already put a new boiler in or put some insulation in, in fact, they'll actually go up, to to see without doing it, without spending any money at all. So um, it's been a, quite an interesting exercise to try and, which we're still doing, of course, to help, help people achieve that goal of a C uh, without actually having to spend much money.
0: And how does the process actually work? <laughs> so if someone um, was a landlord, they had a property or number of properties that they wanted uh, to investigate, um, and, and and look look to uh, uh, upgrade the energy efficiency of uh, yeah. What, what would they do first, and what, what are the kind of main stages, and uh, with a little beta, little bit of detail of what to expect?
1: Well, uh, it depends if they were looking to upgrade um, to get to the PCFC, or if they were looking to upgrade because they were paying the utility bills and they wanted to keep their bills as low as possible. But if it was the um, if it was to try and get to C, the, the first step in the process that we would do is we would get a local EPC assessor, wherever they are in the UK, to go out to the properties and do a draft, not lodged, current, up-to-date EPC, and that will tell them where they are today. So they get a baseline. We all get a baseline of where they are today. And then with that baseline, um, obviously, if they if they get to see already, then there's nothing else to do. If they don't get to see, uh, then we can think about, with the landlord, um, the lowest cost measures they could do to get them to see. And we can actually run some simulations with the uh, local domestic energy assessor to see how that might work. And we can send that to the landlord so they can see exactly and scientifically if they do this these particular specific measures, what the impact that will have on their EPC. So that's one option, one service. And the other one is um, where the landlord's paying the utility bills, um, what we would do is we would actually do ourselves, we'd do a, a, a survey of the of the property and we'd look at everything to do with the heating, the hot water and the electricity um, and come up with a 24, 25 page report of all the different measures they could think about doing, um, and roughly how much consumption their their utility consumption would reduce on each measure, focusing a lot on the no cost and low cost measures.
0: Okay, very good. And what are the um, what are the headline costs at each stage of uh, this? And not not just your own, but uh, the, the other other parties involved, both the assessors and the um, the contractors.
1: Well, um, on the EPC improvement side, um, the price varies slightly what a local energy assessor charges, but they're typically around sixty pounds per visit, and they typically have to go twice. So that would be £120 that the assessor would charge directly to the landlord. Um, our charge is £150 for one property, um, to give them the advice of what they need to do to get to see. Um, and then in terms of the contractor costs, well, it really depends on what they actually need to do. I mean, for example, if they have to change their light bulbs, um, you know, one can buy light bulbs from a builder's merchants uh, for uh, a pound, a light bulb. If they need to put some thermostatic controls on their radiators, you can get those for about 20 pounds, 25 pounds. If you need to put a room thermostat, around 30 pounds. If you need to put a, a controller to, to, to so you can control the timing for heating hot water, uh, that's about a hundred pounds. So it just really depends, and every property is different, on what exactly they need to get to see. This isn't a one-size-fits-all.
0: Okay. Uh, and uh, just just expanding out, uh, like, what, what's the satisfaction that you're getting seeing this roll out a little bit further? Because you, you've obviously done it yourself. You feel. There's a, uh, you know, you feel feel good that you're playing your part, doing your bit. Uh, you, you, you had a previous initiative with the, you know, the school kids' um, uh, workshops and things. Um, how does it feel going out into the wider landlord space, knowing that you're uh, getting more people moving towards, um, I suppose, uh, a, a positive, uh positive um environmental aspect within their businesses
1: well it's very encouraging uh, because the landlords are very pleased uh, that they've managed to make their properties more energy efficient uh, from their point of view it's great for them it's great for the tenants who have lower bills um it will actually improve the value it'll increase the value of their properties and um, it'll help save the planet. So it's it's, it's, it's a win-win-win-win, really. So we are really uh, very delighted by this. Um, and um, long may it continue.
0: Okay, f- fantastic. Well, um, James, thank you uh, for, for coming on the uh, this episode. I w- we'll definitely get you back on for a, a panel discussion. Uh, loads of things coming out of it. Uh, just before we we, we close off, um, what what would be three practical things uh, that any any homeowner or landlord um, can do um, for under a thousand pounds that makes it uh, more energy efficient?
1: The starting point I'd recommend for homeowners and for landlords is to have a really good hard look at the timer that you have for heating and for hot water. And to really control that very, very carefully on an ongoing regular basis. It's now very easy to do. There's millions of apps out there. Uh, Some are free from the manufacturer of the boilers. Some you can buy. I mean, there's so many options out there. You can do it remotely. So that would be um, a quick win that costs nothing. Um, And in fact, that's for tenants, homeowners, and for landlords, actually, that particular uh, idea. Um, The other thing is that a lot of heat is lost through drafts. So for example, in our house, we had a half a centimeter gap from the bottom of the door to the ground. So the heat was just leaking out under the door, the front door and the back door. Um, and there was a lot of drafts coming in around the windows as well. So draught proofing. So we, you know, we got a piece of rubber strip for about ten pounds from a and Q and put it under the front door. So uh, again, a very um, low cost, simple idea that can make an enormous difference. So that's another one. And the other thing is about the hot water temperature. If you have a hot water cylinder. Um some people keep that really boiling. And then all home all people do, either homeowners or, or tenants, is they put lots of cold in and so that's to sort of make it lukewarm. So you can have a look at reducing that um, hot water temperature to around 60 centigrade. It, it can't go less than since it can't go less than that because otherwise there might be a risk of getting Legionnaire's disease.
0: Oh. Okay. Uh, so, so James, uh, just once again, w- what's the website if someone wants to look you up and and, and get started? Yeah, it's uh,
1: www.jtannerproperties.co.uk. All
0: right, so James L. Tanner, uh, many thanks and and best wishes for uh, for the business and and well done. Uh, you know, a a, a really um, I suppose insightful look and. Into how someone can make a decide to make a difference and then action it and then expand it out beyond uh, their own uh, properties, basically. Well done.
1: If anybody wants our ten top tips for tenants or for homeowners of ten things you can do which are free, um, if they want to email me, we're happy to send it to anybody. It's James at jtannerproperties.co.uk.
0: Great stuff. Um, I'm Will Manor. This is My Property World podcast. Uh, James Altiana, thanks again.
1: Thank you. Have a nice afternoon.
0: Bye-bye.